Cyber fraud is expected to become the country's most common crime. Estimates put the number of victims at between 3 and 4 million people every year. Virtual offences more likely to go undetected than real-life robberies. So you went by Cosmo the God. Yes. Did you feel like a god? Yes. <laughs> Cosmo the God shot up to fame when he exposed private information for the likes of Donald Trump, Michelle Obama, and loads of other high-profile celebs. When we say these accounts are hacked, mm. what exactly has happened? What sort of information are they getting access to and how? So somebody's broken into the servers at Yahoo and have stolen uh, uh, your name, email address, date of birth, telephone number, and really importantly, unencrypted, encrypted and unencrypted security questions and answers. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Today is a little bit different because we're recording live from the Hull Tech Expo. We were lucky enough throughout the day to be joined by a variety of guests. And this podcast is going to be focused on Liam Carter, who is the Cybercrime Protect Prevent Officer for North Yorkshire Police. So Liam gave us loads of really great insight in terms of how you can protect yourself from a cyber perspective, which is increasingly important in today's world. Because it's live, there is a little bit of background noise, so I apologise for that, but it's really going to be worth it because of the insight that you're going to get. And with all that said, welcome to Tomorrow's Workplace Today. Uh, welcome to Liam Carter, to the podcast. Thank you very oh. much. So for, for listeners, watchers, and for us, uh, do you want to just tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, who yeah, you are? Yeah, of course, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm Liam Carter. I'm a police officer. I work for North Yorkshire Police. Um, I'm here with the Regional Cybercrime Unit, the Yorkshire and Humber Regional Cybercrime Unit. Um, I work in our Forces Cybercrime Unit. Um, my role within the department is to engage with communities, with individuals, with businesses, raising awareness about cyber-dependent crimes okay. um, and educating those individuals on how they can either foremost prevent themselves from falling victim of a cyber dependent crime or if they have already fallen victim um, educating them on how they can prevent that from happening again in the future okay and, and the second aspect of our role is around early intervention with uh, with young individuals who are uh, potentially crossing the line and committing cyber crimes yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. low-level cyber crimes and um, rather than seeing them enter the criminal justice system and, and potentially um, sort of losing any career opportunities in the future. We try and engage with them at an early opportunity, at an early stage, giving them resources and tools, educating them around what the law is, how they can stay on the right side of the law, yep. with the view of them hopefully going on in the future to, to get in a great career, uh, career in cybersecurity or in that good, sort of sector. Good stuff. So cybercrime is an area that my perception of it is it's getting more and more complex and... Yep. They're you know, more and more, I guess, intelligent in terms of the way that they're doing it. So what what are the emerging trends in terms of cybercrime? What are people doing? What should we be looking out for? Um, so it's, it's effectively, we so we deal with cyber-dependent crime. So that's around hacking um, and uh, around sort of virus attacks, that sort of thing. Predominantly, a lot of what we see is around social media compromise. So people's social media accounts being hacked, right. people's email accounts being hacked. Um, and then the, the hackers then using the compromised account to send messages out to everybody's contacts um, or right. to um, yeah to friends, families, relatives, effectively pretending to be 
the person whose profile they've compromised saying I'm stuck in a foreign country uh, could you please send me 200 pounds to this mm. bank account I need to get home or things to that effect um, you know and then the contacts think yeah it's them I've got to help them they transfer 200 pounds I had this from my friend yeah he's got a, he's got a business page like um, a strength conditioning business page and, and all of a sudden I got this Instagram message and I was a bit like I was reading it thinking that's unlike Sam why is he messaging me that and then I was scrolling through and then I messaged back and then they, they tried to engage in conversation with me as if they were my friend and I was a bit like so then I messaged him on his text and I was like are you have you been hacked and it was it was odd but yeah yeah, it's completely so he'd grown that social media presence for 10 years and um yeah just lost the page yeah more or less overnight and then he had to start again and do the page again so it's it's, so what should people be doing to protect themselves from that type of attack so what we recommend is um having a strong uh separate uh, password for that account um and the, the way we recommend creating those passwords is using three random dictionary words so what we say is that do not use anything that is attributable to yourself. So don't use things like uh, dates of birth, surnames, your name, mother's maiden name, anything like that. Three random words that are completely unbeknown to anyone else. <coughs> Example would be purple monkey dishwasher. All right. Yeah. Okay. So it's not, you know, unless your favorite color is purple, yeah. you're a dishwasher engineer and you've, you're like monkeys. Nobody's going to guess <laughs> yeah. what, what your password is. So, yeah, and we want you to have a separate uh, password for all of your accounts. The way that we, we tend to see that um, these cyber criminals find out your password is if you've been subject to a data breach yeah. and your personal details have been posted online, that can quite often include a password. So if you use that same password for all of your different yeah, accounts, definitely. if that, if, if that um, one data breach is giving you a password and an email address, the cyber criminals are going to go up to all different types of accounts, different service providers, and think, we'll try this, and they're going to get into your accounts. So that's why we say different password for different accounts. And I'm making an assumption here, but the the people that carry out those attacks, can they do that en masse? So once they get a, an email address and a password, can they go? Yes. Yeah, they can. Yeah. Which is yeah. worrying, isn't it? It's it is very worrying, particularly with the amount of personal details that are held yeah. on your online accounts. We can't stress how important it is to, to keep those secure. We particularly recommend as well your email account, making sure that your email account is strong and secure with that three random dictionary word password mm. technique that I talk about because your email account is effectively your house for everything. Yeah. So if somebody guesses your email password, they can then go to another service provider, let's say Facebook, click forgot my password. Where does that link uh, go? Yeah, yeah. goes into your email account and then they can then change your passwords to your, email, to your Facebook account. So th- which I get, the, the practical challenge for me is when you have an, uh, a password for every single website yep. that's every that's different, how do you manage that? Okay, so, it down? yeah, no, that's fine. So it's a great question. Um, so what we do recommend, if you're, if you're the sole user of a device and mm. you're using your internet browser and it pops up and it says, do you want to save your password in your browser? We recommend that you do that. Okay. Yeah. If you're the sole user of that device. If you're sharing it with other people in the household, we don't recommend doing that because that password needs to be personal to you. Mm. So the other op- uh, the other um, option would be the use of a password manager. Yeah, I use um, have like you heard it. of those? Yeah. yeah. So that again, you set up an account with your email address. Again, really long, strong, secure password using the three random dictionary word technique that we talked about. And once you're in there, that's like a secure vault for you to keep the passwords to the rest of your accounts. So you only need to remember that one password. Everything mm-hmm. else is stored within uh, within your account. Excellent. 
And I'm always concerned about my parents. I'm just thinking, knocking on 70, probably not as technical savvy as uh, us. Yeah, maybe, maybe they are. But um, <laughs> any advice for that? How do you, how do you kind of look after your, the elder generation? It, it's that education, isn't it? It's um, and we we find a lot of people, elder people, feel that they're being forced online. Mm. Um, and it's having that conversation. You know, do they need to be online? Do they, if they feel uncomfortable doing it, is it something that they have to do? Um, Age UK uh, have a fantastic area on their website that's, uh, that that gives cybersecurity advice that's particularly directed at the older generations. And it's just having that conversations with them and um, helping them to feel comfortable yeah. being online. Um, yeah. My dad's, my dad's a sucker for one of those, like, oh, you've won a holiday, click this link. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, well, have yeah. you actually even entered the competition? <laughs> oh, no. Well, how have you won it then? And I'm like, oh, these Ray-Bans are 20 quid. I'm like, no, just stop. Stop <laughs> clicking anything. Hi, guys. I just want to jump in and talk about a specific area of automation, which we often get involved in, which is the processing of supplier invoices or accounts payable automation, as it's also known. Most businesses have invoices that they get sent from their suppliers. Essentially, what our solutions do is they read those invoices, they extract key information from them, like purchase order numbers, supplier codes or supplier names, we then use that information and match that up against digital records. So can we find a purchase order number? Can we find a good receive note for that product? If we can, then we can match it up, we can reconcile it, and we can automatically post that into your finance system. What makes us different is that we configure our solutions to be specific to your organization. So we're not an out the box, plug it in and see what you get. We actually understand more about your processes, your organization, your supplier base, and we configure the solution to meet those requirements. Hopefully that's enough to pique your interest. If it is, get in touch. Let's have a chat. <laughs> so for for businesses then, so what should businesses be doing to protect their, their people in terms of cybercrime? So sorry, how do you mean in terms of... So not necessarily consumers, but business owners, directors of organisations. Yep. What should they be doing to, I guess, educate their staff, their people around so, protection of cybercrime? Um, we here's a sales plug. Uh, right. We, yeah. as law enforcement, we can, we can go in and give those talks to to the directors, to their staff, provide um, education around password strength, um, enabling two-factor authentication on their accounts. Yeah. Um, for the businesses, it's really crucial. We recommend um, having regular backups of critical data. So if they are infected with, let's say, ransomware, they can restore from backup and get business as usual, um, working as soon as possible. Um, but for us, it's key that Everybody within our organization is, is cyber aware, has those um, strong passwords, all those security features enabled on all of their accounts. Because if a cyber criminal gets into a, uh, an employee's email account, yeah. they can then do what we call a man in the middle attack and potentially send emails to contacts, suppliers, customers asking for money. And the, the supplier and customer might think, yeah, it's yeah. actually them. We need, to, we need to send this money, um, you know, and... and Tens, thousands, hundreds of thousands of pounds can be can be sent. And we had that actually at our work where, when probably about five, six years ago, maybe even longer, maybe seven years ago, I remember um, one of our head of finance at the time got an email uh, from one of the directors yeah. saying, "Can we transfer some money from this account to my yeah. personal account or whatever?" And she was a bit like, because literally the director was in the next office, so she was like, "Ken, have you have you just asked me to transfer this yeah. money?" And Luckily, yeah. she did, and, and had the thought of uh, yeah. yeah, and otherwise, yeah, just click the link and it's. Yeah, I mean that's that's another vital thing as well is is um, 
having that mouse to sort of ask that question. Mm -hmm. So a lot of these cyber criminals play on, um, so they use a, a technique that we call social engineering and they play on the good nature of, of you know, the, of the human spirit and that you're not going to ask questions, you're just going to do things to please people. Um, so they're hoping that you're not going to ask that question and you're just going to, you're not going to want to bother the director, you're just going to go ahead and do it. So it's, it's having that, um, having that confidence to ask those questions and saying, you know, just I've just received shit. this email. Is this right? Should I be mm -hmm. doing this? Because it's better to have that conversation there than having the conversation afterwards where you've just transferred X amount of money that you shouldn't have done that you now can't get back. And presumably that starts with culture. It's having that Absolutely, culture yeah. to be it able does. to ask those questions. Yeah, and... it's, it's, changing, it's changing that culture. Yeah. And it's, it's having those diff difficult conversations, but it needs to work from the bottom right up to the top and the directors need to be ready to expect those sort of questions and, yeah. you know, take those questions in the right manner and, and not get um, angry or yeah. being disrupted. They should be grateful that their staff are trying to yeah, stay cyber aware. Yeah, yeah, they're absolutely asking those questions. And if there is a breach, so if um, an employee gives away username, password, other than panic, or, or not panic probably, what, what do we do? What, does business, um, what should a business do? So a business should uh, obviously remediate it. So change that, use, change that password so that um, if cyber criminals do get in, then, um, oh sorry, attempt to get in, yeah. then the, the password is not going to be current anymore. Uh, review their cybersecurity. So is there anything else that they can do to bolster their cybersecurity um, in terms of like admin privileges or staff privileges to make, make sure that staff have the least uh, privileged um, settings on their uh, online accounts to allow them to do their job. Okay. So, you know, does somebody who's working in sales need access to all the HR documents? Yeah, they've that got admin rights and yeah, things like that. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So they can't install things that they don't they don't need to be installing. Um, in terms of reporting it, so uh, reporting it to action fraud, that can be done through their website, reporting it to local police forces, particularly if there's been there has been a breach um, and data's been exfiltrated or there's been a ransomware attack, something like that. Uh, and potentially to the ICO as well, if the Information Commission's office, if data has been exfiltrated. Okay. And one of the themes that's coming up today already is around talent and how difficult it is at the minute to, to recruit and retain talent. I know cybersecurity is an area that that's particularly prevalent. It's, yeah. it's difficult. Yeah. So how, how are you as an organisation recruiting talent, retaining talent? What are you doing about that? Um, offering training, uh, incentives in that respect. Um, we, and we... we we're very, uh, we, we try to identify the right candidates for our roles. So we're, in, particularly in North Yorkshire, we're all warranted um, police officers, but you know, we don't want, just want anybody in this sort of role. We want people who are enthusiastic and, and have a real passion for, for, for cyber security. Yeah. Um, so yeah, making sure we're employing the right people and making sure they have that drive and ambition to, to remain in role. Are you taking police officers and reskilling them in cyber security? Yes, yeah. But but every everybody who works in our unit has that interest in, in cybersecurity anyway. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. And you mentioned training in terms of like um, going into schools and colleges and things like that. And I'm intrigued. We said earlier when I was across there, it's quite easy for for a teen to sort of have a laptop if they've got some sort of skills. That, probably don't know that they're committing a crime. They're probably trying to hack the school or trying to do yeah. something as a bit of a prank yeah. or something like that. And it, it, yeah, it's very easy to get drawn into one way or another. And I guess education is obviously key, but there's some common sort of little um, things that the teens are sort of falling foul of. Is it, there's 
like hacking the score or doing something death yeah, like that. Yeah, so um, one of the one of the more common themes that we see is uh, what we call a denial of service attack, um, which is effectively um, stopping internet from working or a, a computer from working. Okay. So we'll find that there may be. Um, these young individuals are getting maybe bored in yeah. lessons, not finding the, the lessons interesting enough. So we'll we'll start trying to further their techniques by doing online research, or maybe don't want to, to do exams or something, and, and we'll we'll try and knock the school network using a, a booter tool or something like that. I think the thing as well is, without that education, a lot of these young individuals don't realise the implications of their actions as well. They think, oh, it's, it'll, it'll just knock the, the internet off for five minutes and, and everything will be fine. They don't realise that there can be that ongoing, that ongoing implication to the school. Um, so, yeah, like you say, it's all about that education. Maybe at times they don't realise they're committing a, uh, an offence. Um, so it's us having that conversation with them, letting them know where, where, where they stand in terms of the law, um, so that they're, they're educated not to commit it again. But then pointing them in the right direction and, and, and giving them some resources that they can use um, to, to further their interests in a legal and lawful manner to then hopefully get a successful career in cybersecurity. And, and, and again, like I've said earlier on, in terms of us being able to go into businesses and have that conversation with businesses, we can do the same with schools. Um, so we're more than happy to go in and deliver presentations to schools uh, in assemblies, um, IT lessons, giving that education around what the Compute Misuse Act is and, and how people can stay on the right side of it. Um, and, and also we will work with individuals on a one-to-one -one basis. So if, if, um, if young individuals are, are referred to us, we can work with them, have that one-to-one -one conversation, um, you know, not in front of their peers, you know, with their parents and say, this is what you've done. This is, this is how it's illegal. This is what could potentially happen if you commit it again. But if you don't commit it again, here's some fantastic opportunities that you could, you know, you could, you could strive in, in, in your future. Yeah, that's definitely the, the way forward, isn't it? You just sort of change the, the direction yeah, of travel. Absolutely. Our, our, the podcast is called Tomorrow's Workplace Today. So we're always kind of looking to the future. So I guess, difficult question for you, but in, in 10 years' time, where what is this going to look like, do you think, cybersecurity? Are there are new emerging trends that are probably going to be more prevalent um, so in 10 years. At the minute, we've, we've seen a shift in, in ransomware. So uh, our main threat at the minute is ransomware um, because it's it can be used as what we call like a software as a service so people can go onto the dark web buy some ransomware and deploy it on on someone's system so it's really really quite well simple in a way to and what use. do you mean by ransomware just for so rans ransomware is a, a tool that's it's a malware so it's a malicious software that's deployed on a computer on a network and it basically infiltrates the network it will encrypt um everybody's um files folders on that and it will then you'll get then get a note saying we've just encrypted all of your data pay us let's say one thousand pound in bitcoin and we will give you access back to your folders um that's clearly very detrimental for, for businesses mm. for anybody because it immediately then effectively shuts down their it infrastructure and, and they don't have access to their files folders and they can't run as, as a successful business um it's now stepped up a level so we're seeing data exfiltration with that as well so as well as the um the attackers encrypting data they're stealing the data and saying if you don't pay us the money we're going to post all of your um data on the dark would they, web would they try and sell it or is it is it just a post it and it's it's a threat it's, it's a it's a, it's a post so it depending on the on the strain of ransomware it might be sold or it might just be posted for free for and people to access businesses, for free. i don't know if you can answer this are businesses paying those ransoms how, how are they handling that um 
So we, we can't say whether businesses should pay or not pay. It's down to the businesses themselves. All we can do is sort of say, if, if you do pay, it's not guaranteed that you're going to get your data yeah. back. It's not guaranteed that they aren't going to post your data online. Um, also, you could be funding terrorism. You could be funding further offences. Um, also, they're going to know that you're vulnerable and you, you could be susceptible to another attack and you could be likely to pay the ransom again. So uh, we, do, we do see some businesses pay it, other businesses don't. It, it's, it, it depends on, on, so go, on them, I guess really. it goes back to having good backups and making sure Absolutely. you've got a fallback position yeah. if you need it. Yeah, so um, in terms of, of, of sort of support that's out there for businesses, um, there's the Northeast Business Resilience Centre um, who are here with us today. They uh, are a mixture of police, um, private sector and education. Okay. So they offer um, cybersecurity advice as well. Um, they also offer a sort of pen testing, a penetration testing, vulnerability assessments. Um, so yeah, they can have a look at your network and, and see where these gaps are. Uh, we've also got Police Cyber Alarm, which um, effectively is a, like an intelligence gathering tool for us really. Um, it, monitor, it sits on a, a company's firewall and it monitors their um, internet traffic in and out of the in and out of the business now it doesn't actually monitor what's being sent but what it does um, monitor is what we call the metadata so it's the data around what's been sent so where it's coming from potentially who's sending it that way we can get a, a better picture across the UK of sort of IP ranges that are potentially malicious and are being used to attack businesses and also like common ports that are potentially being being attacked um, so yeah, that's a free tool that's available as well, and that also offers a monthly uh, free vulnerability scan Brilliant. of your network. So there's actually quite a lot of services and, and support in, yeah. out there. I think um, I think businesses as well, they tend to think it's not going to happen to us. Mm. Nobody wants yeah, our data, and, and they don't actually realise the severity of it until it's happened to them. Um, so that's another reason why we're here today is to say you know it's key if you put these mitigating um, factors in place now you're going to save yourself a whole load of money um, should you fall victim of that sort so of attack. Good message to leave it on. So thank you very much, Liam. Re really insightful. Thank Thanks for joining us. Me. Well, Cheers.